0: win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: two extra points, and get shield. Come here, joined by Ben Solak. It's week nine. It is a weird week. It's a week filled with a bunch of blockbuster matchups, and then it's a week filled with a bunch of games. We don't even know who's starting at quarterback, and we're recording this on Friday morning. We're going to talk about all of it, the weekend, now, make some picks, make some predictions, some headliners. Ben Solak, how you feeling after that Titan Steelers Thursday night thriller?
0: Oh, barn burner! What 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 a lovely one! I got exactly what I wanted out of that game, which was on like the fifth drive, just tweeting. If you could start a franchise right now, who would you pick? Will Levis or Kenny Pickett? And getting ninety eight percent Will Levis response. Just 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 farming Steelers frustration. Oh, it's delicious. Even this even after they were like scoring a touchdown on their first drive, which they haven't done in a year that starts with a two. Uh, I know you're a big fan of halfways, Sheil. I'm a huge fan of halfways. There's no. What does that mean? Point. I don't even know what that is. Like What's a halfway? Uh, we're at the halfway point of the season. Like let's talk. Oh, about Oh, okay, gotcha. This. Okay, I know, yeah. I know, I know. You love a halfway. Obviously, I now we have halfway. an odd number of weeks. Week nine is the halfway point. We have, I think it's it's. Uh, I think it's we have we have uh, eight total games in the early slate. And then we have like three, four o'clock games, and eight o'clock, then a Monday game. So somewhere during the one o'clock games, I'm like two thirds of the way through the one o'clock games will be the halfway point. So everybody, when there's like five minutes left in the third quarter, just gotta tweet out your MVPs really quick. Get coach of the year out there. I mean, that's your halfway point. Gotta get it out right then. Can't wait to celebrate the uh, the, the the peak, the halfway point of the year coming up.
2: There you go. You're already preparing me for the Monday Night Show. Now I can just, you know, have some takes about here. here's who's this, who's this, oh, who's yeah, this. Oh, yeah, because definitely you
0: weren't going to do halfway recap awards <laughs> on the Monday Night Show unless I gave you the idea, for sure.
2: I mean... We're five, we're three minutes in and he's already taking shots. Everybody hear that? All right, (laughs) let's get to the good stuff. We got good games to talk about. Uh, I think four great games. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to all of them eventually, but, uh, what's your headliner? So like, what's the game or what's the the theme, the storyline that you've got your eye on in week nine?
0: Yeah, I, uh, uh. of the, the four games, we have uh, Dolphins-Chiefs at 9.30 in the morning Eastern time. That's the Germany game. And then in the 1 o'clock slate, we have Seattle at Baltimore. the 4 o'clock slate, we have uh, Dallas at Philadelphia. And then for Sunday Night Football, we have Buffalo at Cincinnati. It's an unbelievable run of uninterrupted, excellent games.
2: All uh, spread out. I love yeah. that, too.
0: Yeah. The one that I'm most excited to see is Dallas at Philadelphia. Uh, this is... The, the only way this conference gets interesting is if Dallas can at least take one off of Philadelphia, right? Philly's got like a big set of games coming up. They're going to play Buffalo. They're going to play uh, San Francisco. They're going to play Kansas City. They're going to play Seattle. There's a way that the Eagles like win the two Dallas games, but lose enough games that the division gets back into it. But with the Niners having lost now these last uh, three games, the Eagles have a comfortable lead on the Niners. They have a one-game lead on the Lions, but I think for most people, they look like a better team than the Lions. They have a one-game lead on the Seahawks. I think for most people, they look like a better team than the Seahawks. If there's a team that's been playing well enough uh, to challenge them, to kind of bring this conference back to a point where it doesn't feel like there's there's one horse that's running away with it, I think it's this Dallas team and it's this matchup. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I came on the show, Shield, and talked about how I think that this, the Cowboys' fixes in passing offense will be fine and will be acceptable and will be achievable by Mike McCarthy. And if they're not, easily fire the guy because they're very simple. But I think he can get this done. And they have. Shield motion rates are up. In the Mike McCarthy offense, pre-snap motion. Oh, as I live and breathe. All right, play actress. CD CeeDee Lamb's playing on the outside now. We've taken our best player. And we've put him in the position where most wide receivers are successful. Who could have thunk it? What a what a treat. It, the, for the last few weeks, Dak has been a, a, a top 10 quarterback well, over the season. He's a top 10 quarterback now by success rate and by EPA. For the last couple of weeks, he's been consistently a top five quarterback. He's the number one quarterback in the league right now against the Blitz, which has always been the thing that Prescott does so well. Uh, they've gotten uh, 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 the CD Lamb, like I said, on the outside activated. This passing game is working the way that we hoped it would, the way that we thought it would. And now it goes up against a Philadelphia team that I think there's been some challenge calibrating to this Eagles defense. Because one week they're stopping the Dolphins for more, uh, for fewer points than the Dolphins have ever scored ever. And then the next week they're just giving up 30 to Sam Howell. But in general, like uh, agnostic of matchup and kind of how you plan for a defense or whatever, we can say that this passing defense is pretty susceptible, right? I mean, there, there are enough weak points on this team that you can get after it. The CD Lamb aspect of this is the most interesting aspect of it. Like I said, his his snaps on the outside, his success on the outside have increased over the last few weeks. Well, the Eagles aren't weak to the outside; they're weak to the slot. Right, you can put them on the outside, you get James Badbury and Darius Slaynick. How would you put them on the inside? You get potentially Sidney Brown, or you get potentially Josiah Scott, you get potentially Reed Blankenship. Or they, they have a number of guys. Bradley Roby might be back from injury. He rotates down. You like the matchup a lot better. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how they play Hide and Seek with Ceedee Lamb. They've really been oriented on getting him activated recently. That matchup when the, when the Cowboys have the ball is the most critical uh, side of things. And then defensively for the Cowboys. Not enough can be said. We're, we're, we're in a spot where we're like a little bit tired of talking about Dan Quings, our third year doing it. Not enough can be said about the fact that the Cow- the Cowboys lost Trayvon Diggs in the middle of the week to a practice injury and just said, don't worry about it. Deron Bland is one of the best corners in the league. We found him in the fifth round last year and just plugged and chugged. It is in, they lost Leighton Van Der Esch for a stretch. They lost Trayvon Diggs for a stretch. They're the fifth best pass defense in the league. It is unbelievable how well this back seven has rallied around their injuries, how well they're executing despite Trayvon Diggs. They haven't had enormous tests, right? The first week, the Niners got absolutely, you know, got their, their, their teeth kicked in. You know, they were, they were reeling so from the injury. For the last couple of weeks, not... Crazy huge test, but the Rams passing off, that's nothing to sneeze at, and they held it down. Yeah. Now they get this Eagles passing attack and AJ Brown. What's the answer going to be there with no Trayvon Diggs? So and this is a star wide receiver matchup and a huge matchup in the NFC.
2: It's, uh, there's so much juice to this game. I think Hertz and Prescott have only been healthy for one matchup against each other, uh, in their career. So now whether, you know, Jalen Hurts is not hundred percent healthy in this game, but still, those are your two starting quarterbacks here. You have AJ Brown, you have CD lamb, you have, uh, Micah Parsons, you have Jalen Carter. Like there is a lot of juice to this game. And to your point, when we look at these four matchups this week and we, you know, I'm excited for all of them, but when we say, well, which one might have the greatest implications to what we're talking about after week 18, like you said, it's this one. Because in the NFC East, it's possible that one of these teams gets the one seed, and the other one gets the five seed. There is a yeah. big difference in those two things. There is getting the buy and playing at home. And there's having to win on the road three times uh, to get to the Super Bowl. That is your Super Bowl path. Now, that's not a given. Uh, Lions will have something to say about it. Niners will probably still have something to say about it. Seahawks are right there. So there's a lot of football to be played. But just when we look at where things are uh, right now, uh, that's why the stakes are so high. And yeah, you mentioned some of the great matchups. I mean, CeeDee Lamb inside that's a trouble area for the eagles no doubt about it i mean they've been rotating at nickel last week they play the a rookie Sidney brown on early downs and then they bring in eli ricks who is a player that probably most of our audience has never heard of on passing downs and so are you doing that again with cd lamb in the slot are you doubling him i will say sean decide the eagles new defensive coordinator this year one thing we've learned about him through the first half of the season. He's not stubborn. He doesn't go in with like one thing. If anything, he like changes at a more rapid rate that I've seen from many. It's like, Oh, this happened, this possession. All right, next possession. We're doing this. That could be doubling land. That could be changing coverages. Uh, that could be a number of different things. So that's fun on one side of the ball. And then the other side of the ball, you mentioned it. The Cowboys defense has been playing great. Uh, Duran, you, I'll give you credit. You were all over Duran Bland very early last year as a player to keep an eye on. And now everybody say, all right, do oh, this Duran Bland, like, He's been incredible to them.
0: Like sometimes film watching is like it's like hard and it's like nerdy, right? We were like, oh, this player's got some like good reps in this role when he's in this technique and he puts on weight. Sometimes the guy has just such unspeakable juice that you're like, he's good, moving on. And that was drawn <laughs> You watched him play for like three, three steps. He had, one of his earliest games against the Eagles. He had AJ Brown on the slot. He's just like punching him, like down four pounds, <laughs> down or down four inches, down 30 pounds. Just like step for step. Like, all right, that guy can play. He belongs. Moving on. He's been. Oh, such a, such a delight to watch.
2: Yeah, so playing against these Eagles uh, receivers, what do they do about A.J. Brown? I mean, he's just been 100, over 125 yards, six straight games. Do they double him? Then you got Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Uh, the, the matchup's mm-hmm. up front. Uh, Cowboys have injuries uh, up front. Tyron Smith did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. They started Chuma Idoga last week. He's He was limited in practice Thursday. One of those, uh, an injured left tackle or a backup against Josh Sweat. Oof, that yeah. is not. And no, then on no, the Eagle side of
0: things, Tyler Steen, exactly. the rookie at guard, yep. might be making his first start. Uh, Suo Paddis been backing up Cam Jurgens there. They might get Jurgens back. They might play Steen. We might get Chuma Doga game and a Tyler Steen game where it's just Greg Olson being like, "Yep, they're going after this guy when they have this ball. When they have the ball on the other side, of the ground for that guy when they have the when they have the ball over here." Like the uh, the defensive pass rush matchups are. And for both these teams in every week, enormous. And then in this game, when you have offensive line injuries. It's going to get a little, a uh, little focused real quick.
2: Yeah. I love how the, the Cowboys and, and Dan Quinn gets credit for this to, you know, what, how they use part. I mean, they will have Parsons. Where's the weak link. Okay. He, move him, move him around. He will find this guy. He'll line up over the center. Uh, he'll be all over the place. So yes, if that is a weak link for the Eagles at right guard, the Cowboys will certainly find it. So uh, a very juicy matchup, uh, a very exciting game. The Cowboys are old school with how they play. You know, we talk all about the two high shells and the Cowboys are like, nope, we're going to be among the league leaders in man coverage and single high. Uh, I think they're rushing five or more uh, at, at like a top 10 rate uh, in the NFL. So they are aggressive. They are not a sit back and let the force the offense to be methodical uh, type defense. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see how that works against this uh, Eagles offense. Do you have a pick for this game? I do. I might be getting to it later. All
0: right. Good to hear. We'll talk about (laughs) it
2: then. Okay. I was going to say, if you want to give your pick, if it's not in, uh, if Uh, if it's not not on my list, go ahead. We'll we'll talk where I lean when we get to it. Okay. All right. We'll do that. All right. My headliner, and again, you really could choose uh, any of the four games this week. I'm going Bengals-Bills, Sunday night, football. You know, I felt like we we talked a lot about the Chiefs on the Monday show. We'll still get to that game, Chiefs-Dolphins, that's a fun one, and Raven-Seahawks, but Bengals-Bills such a fascinating game because the Bengals, like, yeah, I'm telling the rest of the NFL has got to feel like, oh, we should not have let them stay in this. Well, Joe Burrow had that injury. They come out last week, played close to a perfect game against the San Francisco 49ers, at least offensively. I mean, Joe Burrow couldn't miss. He was scrambling. He was checking a QB draws. He was hitting him when he's hitting himself in the helmet, you know, just smacking himself after a first down. That's when, you know, uh, Joe Burrow is back. He, he looked fantastic. 29 first downs, 400 yards of offense. Now, I'm good. the the analytical part of me, Solak, is like you know the one who's like everybody, calm down. It's like. It was one game. It was one game that they looked like that. Like, Yes, it it could be. It could be the game that leads to them going on a run, but it was only one game. So maybe chill out uh, just a little bit because everyone knows I'm I'm a fan of this Bengals team. They were my pick to win the Super Bowl here uh, before the season. So you've got that. You've got the history from last year, not only the DeMar Hamlin game, but then the, the playoff game where the Bengals, the Bengals, Ben, are the only team that has beat the Bills by more than six points in the last two years.
0: That was a the bills are game, just
2: yeah. for all the ups and downs of the bills and all, guess what they don't lose they generally just don't lose a game by more than one possession when they lose it's a close game even this year they're five and three all three of their losses have been by six points or fewer so you've got that you've got the wrinkle of the Josh Allen shoulder injury doesn't practice on Wednesday practices Thursday we've seen him play injured before sometimes it looks the same sometimes uh, it doesn't look the same so uh, Bengals are like younger and more athletic and it feels like their arrow is pointing up and it feels like everybody's sort of soured uh on the bills and it hasn't looked quite right and they've got the josh allen injury but man no one's going to be surprised if the bills come out in this game and just light it up uh and beat cincinnati so uh i can't wait for this one on sunday night what what did i miss what are you keeping an eye on for in this yeah
0: i think that you know you bring up the the hey bills uh the only game they've lost by double digits going to be you know like, uh, this the, the, that was just to the Bengals. you know that i know that Our listeners know that you know who else knows that the buffalo bills staff and locker room like that's the sort of stat that like teams dial in on right like they care about the the especially in the playoffs uh, a team that kind of blows them out like that this right here is the sean mcdermott heat check game where uh that game that they lost by multiple scores to the Bengals in the playoffs they they went down 14-0 after the first two drives. And it's because Joe Burrow knew where every single player on defense was lining up, where they were heading, and who they were covering on every single snap. I'm pretty sure he went 11-for-11 11 11 or 9-for-9 9 9 on the first two drives. I can't recall, but I'm pretty sure no, com- no incompletions. I think they had one-third down, and they scored 14 points. Like, they walked it down the field against one of what was supposed to be one of the best defenses in the playoffs, one of the best defenses in the league. And the, the frustration that, like the film watchers like me, Stephen, you would call us the hipsters. We're just, you know, whatever, watch film. Uh, The frustration that we always had with that Bills defense was that that's how they were with Leslie Frazier. They would just line up and play. They're like, our 11 are better than your 11, so we're just going to line up here and beat you. And against Joe Burley, you can't do it. You have to pitch him change-ups. You you can't just throw fastballs down the plate at him. He's going to crush him. You have to show him something he hasn't seen. Well, Sean McDermott comes in to take over this defense, and they're more variable than they were. They change coverages more and they blitz more and they, they do more funky stuff. And, and the the entire objective of dialing up that aggressiveness, dialing up that creativity was not necessarily to be better against the Mac Joneses of the world and the Zach Wilsons of the world because you were lining up 11 and, and killing them beforehand. Like that works against bad quarterbacks. It was to beat the Patrick Mahomeses and beat the Joe Burrows of the world. Like that's why you make a change like that is to say when we see these top quarterbacks, we'll be able to actually take some wind out of their sails. So this is the game. For which Sean McDermott took over the defense like the, it, it is exactly this sort of a matchup in his head he was going to have Tradavius White and Matt Milano for this game two very oh, yeah. important pieces to achieving a let's stop the Bengals approach with that said uh, uh they've hung out at linebacker decently well Terrell Bernard I think being a a, a nice young player who stepped up for them they've made an addition at cornerback and Rasul Douglas, but off of the deadline, like I don't think i gonna be able to stick him out there and be successful too much. I think that they have enough in terms of like tackling and in terms of, uh, of taking the short stuff and keeping it in front of them and being physical that they can slow the Bengals down enough to win. Like I see the window. I see the world in which they have like a nice, solid, resolute defensive performance. And then obviously the offense handles itself and they win this game. I think there's universes in which it happens. Bengals are favored and rightfully so. Uh, but I, I do think like the, the thing I'm watching for in this game, the, 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 what I've got my, my, my finger on the pulse of is how this Bills defense after the getting back the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year, how they've changed, how they've adapted to this particular unit, this particular quarterback, who frankly just embarrassed them in the first quarter when, when, they, when they faced them last year.
2: Yeah, the, the Bengals in that game, 31st downs and 412 yards ran the ball well to 172 yards in the ground in that playoff matchup. Uh I just, I mean listen, if if the Bills defense comes out and plays well and like bottles up the Bengals here, I will be, you know, giving Sean McDermott all kinds of praise and they could do that. He's come up with creative game plans and wrinkles before through I mean he's been a uh, coaching defense for a long time. I just look at sort of the talent, and we talked about this, I, th- I think, on a previous show. I just don't know that they can overcome those those injuries, uh, the talent deficiencies. Specifically, when you're talking about cornerback against this Bengals team and what I saw last week against the 49ers, uh, that's going to be tough for Buffalo. But who knows? We shall see. I, I actually think if the Bills win this game, it's gonna be a Josh Allen puts on the Superman cape and uh just lights up the and we're going, oh my gosh, how mm-hmm. did he do that with a a shoulder injury there? So uh we will see. I do think you, inevitably I, don't have-
0: I think they can't win without a Josh Allen super a superhero performance. I do think they need a couple of those defensive stops. And that's like what what I'm interested in. Like I think the narrative coming out will be pretty much no matter what quarterback who won this did so because he was a superhero but like for for me like gauging who the bills really are like where they slot that i'm watching their defense when when the Bengals have the ball
2: there you go is this uh is this one of your picks later or do you want to sit okay no nope. me neither which way so which way are you leaning then if it, let's just get it out of the way now
0: i mean when we get to sunday night football and i probably inevitably end up on a side of this <laughs> uh i'll end up i think on cincinnati uh buffalo because of the injuries i don't think as has my trust to that degree, right, where I can say, like, yeah, like I, I buy it 100% that like you guys can beat a team like the Bengals. Like I said, there are worlds in which that happens, and I think that that's an important thing, like, like, thing to watch for. I, I hope to not have too much down on this game. There's a couple of props that I'm, I'm I'm, looking at on it already, but I hope not to have too much that way you can just sit and enjoy it. Because when you have too much on it, then you, you don't sit and enjoy it. Just every single play is a sweat. <laughs>
2: Ben, you are in control of what you have on this game. I hope not. To, like you can, <laughs> you are in control. Of, we can say right now we're just not going to, you know, sit back and enjoy this one. But Sunday night's tricky. I hear ya. Yeah? You know, yes. it depends how the day and, it goes. And as someone, listen, as someone who is in his own head, who's having his worst picks column uh, year in like five years, and it couldn't even get the Titans. I'm feeling good about the Titans, and then if the Steelers steal in the fourth. I understand. Listen, it's a tough year.
0: I listen. I don't want to have a lot. Like I said, if the number shows up green on the spreadsheet, we got a positive expected value bet. We take a positive expected value bet. That, that's just a, we, we, we are we are slaves to the system, and the system works. Uh, I I picked the Bengals uh,
2: minus one and a half. No. Um, but we'll see. It would not shock me at all if the Bills came out and we're like, no, no, no. We're we're still uh we're still here. Everybody settle down. Uh we're still uh, among the the Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. All right, let's take a break, we'll come back, we'll talk about a Monday morning storyline we've got our eye on, and then we'll get to some of our picks
0: for this week. <laughs> Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 Moneyline bet wins. Upcoming on the show, we're going to go through our locks of the week. I'm on... Falcons minus three and a half against the Vikings. I am on Browns minus eight and a half against the Cardinals. I am on Texans minus three against the Bucks. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet from live same game parlays, from finding new bets in the Explorer tab, diving into the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer NFL and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money your only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state.
2: And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job's more visibility at indeed.com/ringerNFL. Just go to indeed.com/ringerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> All right, we are back on. Extra point taken. All right, Monday morning storyline. So like, what are people going to be talking about Monday morning after this slate of games? Uh,
0: Gino agony goes to bed. Gino consternation, fake freak out nonsense goes to bed. Have, are you aware of this? That like there's a large portion, not large, there's a decent portion of the Seahawks fan base that's like time to see what Drew Locke's got.
1: Is
2: that true? A large yes. portion of the Seahawks. No, well, I, I edited large. Give me I, data. I took,
0: I took large down to decent. Large was too oh, big. I, okay. I saved that myself. I knew you'd have a problem with that.
2: Okay. Uh, no, I'm not I am not, aw- I'm not aware of that.
0: Yes. So there's been some like, oh, Gino's throwing too many picks, which picks are good and cool, by the way. I'm very pro picks. Throw <laughs> interceptions. It means you're trying stuff. Uh, yeah, there's there's Gino consternation, which I find very silly. Uh He is, uh, the Seahawks are one of like the top five offenses right now in success rate. Gino's a top 10 quarterback by most metrics that we use. Watch Gino, he's playing great ball. He throws interceptions because he's uber aggressive, which you could absolutely take a little bit off the top and be fine. Like there's no two ways around that. But you like uh, interceptions, they they are bad. I don't want it to be coming off as pro interception. (laughs) Interceptions are descriptive of play style in the same way that sacks are descriptive of play style. A quarterback takes a lot of sacks year over year because he holds onto the football a lot. Like it, it, it can be affected by the quality of his offensive line, but generally it's descriptive of his play style. How does he play? Interceptions are similar, right? Dak led the league in interceptions last year. And like lost their mind. But Dak's always been a very aggressive thrower. He checks tight windows. He, he attacks them. Some years you get bad bounces. Your interception numbers are high. doesn't mean you're, you're worse as a quarterback. It means that your tight window numbers weren't as good. Like that's probably just going to be noise. That's Geno, right? Geno is the same thing. He's in the pocket. He's aggressive. He throws down the field. I'm not worried about that for Geno long term. And in this upcoming game against the Ravens, I actually think that's really good. For Geno. I think that's really good for the Seahawks offense's chance. This number is five and a half. It is not one of my three. I do think that's too high, even for being on the road, going up against a Baltimore team. Baltimore's got a couple of injuries that are meaningful. I do think that number is too big because this Ravens passing defense, which has been excellent. It's been so, 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 so good is very good at trapping quarterbacks. They do a lot of rotation stuff and they change coverages and Kyle Hamilton's lined up in the line of scrimmage. Now he's flying back to the deep middle and Gino Stone leads league in interceptions because he's playing off the roof and he's stepping down. Like they are sending cats left and right. Rope on Smith, like they trick you into thinking you've got a matchup somewhere and then, then you don't. They present space and then they take it away. Well, the thing about Gino is is that Gino is a legitimate post-snap processor. He's one of the few we have left, like unicorns or gnomes or other things that exist. He's like He will actually sit in the pocket and read a sucker out. He doesn't just point and shoot. He will watch a safety and make a decision based off where that safety goes. So he's going to hold on to the football a little bit longer and he's going to be in there for sacks and the Ravens will get theirs. But he's actually the sort of guy who can get to a backside and expose the Ravens when they, when they run their tricks. This is the sort of quarterback that is good against this sort of a defense. So I think that win or lose... I expect to see a good Geno performance. I expect this to be a very close game. Wouldn't be surprised if it's actually a surprisingly high-scoring game for how well these two defenses, both of them top 10 defenses, uh, rank on, on numbers. Wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of points in this one. And I think that we'll walk away saying, all right, Geno's clearly got it. And we don't need to be like fake worried about Interceptions every single game and like all this aggressiveness stuff because it, it, the aggressiveness is so necessary to making Tyler Lockett work and DK Metcalf work and all this play action shot stuff work. I think the running game is playing nicely. I think you're going to see a great Seahawks offensive performance. You're see a one score game late. Can't wait to watch this one.
2: Yeah, their, their offense has worked. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, like you said, they're, they're top five in offensive success rate. Uh, this season, you watch them, and yes, there are times when you're, like like that Bengals game, I mean, they should have won that game. They, you know, they're in first place in the NFC West. They easily could have another win there. Now, you could point to last week against Cleveland. They got up early, and then they got shut down pretty handily. And now that's a that's a very good uh, Browns defense, but they got shut down for most of that game. Then the Browns don't get, uh, you know, have, have the interception there late and the Seahawks to their credit come back and score and put the game away. So, uh I think the Seahawks offense is very good. I'll talk about their defense too. You you've been more bullish on their defense than I have. Like they're very healthy and interesting. This might be the most interesting. They've been on defense since like the Legion of Boom days. I, yeah. I mean, this version of the Seahawks defense, they've got Jamal Adams back. They've got uh, the corners in in Woolen and Witherspoon, who, who's been great for them. They tr- make the trade for Leonard Williams and, and bulk up a little bit uh, up front, even though they lost uh, Yuchenna Nwosu to to injury. So you wonder if they're going to have enough pass rush. But uh, their defense is interesting. They're really like a well-balanced, well-coached team. This is a competitive game. Uh, the Ravens, uh, are like similar in some ways. I mean, they're top five or six, uh, certainly an offensive success rate defensively. They've been very good all season long. They're very well coached. I couldn't get a feel for this game. I think that lions game from a couple weeks ago is kind of in my head. Now I took the Seahawks plus five and a half, but I do think this Ravens team is capable of just blowing some of these teams out. If, if, if the Ravens don't make mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot, like they just have everything. They're going to have an edge, uh, in the kicking game. Like you said, they're going to get after you defensively. Uh, the point about Gino is a good Gino is like one of the most cerebral quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like he is hard to fool. He knows where to go with the ball. Like you mentioned, he will process, he won't like the inner, like you said, most of his interceptions and I, I haven't charted all of them, but I would agree with you. I think they are a case of being aggressive, not a case of, Oh, you know, the defense got me there. And I do think there's a pretty big difference in those two
0: things. Yeah. Again, it's, it's like, the thing that always interests me is, like, interceptions are very bad. They're absolutely very bad. They're really bad. By expected points added, a sack is about one-third as bad as an interception. Like, a sack is about 33% of the lost EPA. Just Any sack, like, first and 10, third and one, doesn't matter, to interception. Do you think, like, the average fan would say, see a sack and be like, oh, that's 33% of an interception right there? I don't think they would. I think for them it's, like, 10%. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we over-index to interceptions and under indexed a sacks just kind of naturally when again they're both descriptive of play style interception definitely worse but also usually the quarterback who's throwing interceptions is achieving completed passes that the quarterback who just takes a sack doesn't even attempt and I like that I like a guy who will do a thing especially when I have a DK Metcalf and a Tyler Lockett and a Jack Smith and a Jake Bobo right four star receivers shoot that (laughs) that sucker (laughs) let's play some football uh it, it is again like if if the Ravens walk out and just, like, beat the brakes off Shane Waldron and, and Geno Smith in this really nice offensive operation. I'll come on the Monday show and be like, Ravens are winning the thing, man. Like, this defense is sick. But this is the sort of, of, of passing attack, like I said, that is typically good against this sort of a defense. Huge litmus test for Mike McDonald. Huge litmus test for for, 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 uh, for Geno as well because you're supposed to be good against this. It's a critical game. Of all – like, we have so many good games, right? Like, like Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills, be- Bengals, be Eagles, Cowboys – This is the only game of the week, Shield, in which both teams have offenses ranked top 10 success rate and defenses ranked top 10 success rate. Seahawks are fourth on Mm, offense, ninth ninth on defense. Ravens are seventh on offense, third on defense. This is the marquee matchup of the day. If you had to pick one in terms of like elite matchup, it's technically (laughs) this, which is not true. But still, this game is a huge game.
2: Do you use Bobo like I use Bobo? What you mean? Okay, so I, I use Bobo. Uh, longtime podcast listeners of mine will know. Like I use Bobo to be. So, so I was like at the store. I had to get my daughter was sick. Had to get her, you know, like Tylenol. And you're looking at the Tylenol, and then you're looking at the. Not, to, I'm not going to give any free advertising, but the the store brand name brand Tylenol. Yeah. that that, that's the bobo is the bobo or the top so is it you know like you go to the grocery store you got your coke and you got your like you know store brand cola that's the bobo bobo is like the generic like is that non-name or is that a someone actually i don't know okay i don't know i use i used it many years ago and uh i don't i don't know if anybody i feel like others have used this it's called bobo
0: this is very funny because on the draft show this past year, we did a show called Name Brand Off Brand, where it's like, all right, like in the first round you want Jalen Carter, in the second round you might be able to get Keanu Benton, right? Like a little name brand off brand, like, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if we actually did Jake Bobo in that episode or not, but we did talk about Bobo in one episode pre draft. I can't remember if it was that one or not. Would have been funny if it was.
2: So now this spring you're doing Jalen Carter or Bobo Jalen Carter. Hey. Perfect. I mean, what's more fun? That's more fun than name brand off, brand. So there you go. It also makes no probo. sense
0: to most listeners.
2: <laughs> listen, no, I, I, I've never been worried about that. All right. My Monday morning storyline. I think there's going to be this this uh, some takes flying out there. Is there a quarterback crisis in the NFL and what can be done about it? Ben, oh, here's to, here, here, great here, take. Listen, great here take. Here are yes. some quarterbacks starting this week, potentially. Brett Rippon. We don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to play. Tyson Bajan. Jaron Hall, Clayton Toon, P.J. Walker, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, I was nice to the following quarterbacks and did not put them in that category. Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, Taylor Heineke, Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love. We are in a strange spot right now. And we, as you mentioned, we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. We got a lot of football to go and listen to those quarterbacks. I just mentioned there. now uh, some of this is injury related. Some of it is not injury-related, but I feel like there are going to be people coming out firing on Monday about the state of the the quality of play in the NFL, the state of the NFL. Did you see some of those quarterbacks who were on the field on Sunday? Did you see some of those games? This isn't good for the league. What's going on? What can be done about it? And so it will go. I don't think we will spend a lot of time because... I don't mind having a game where I can just kind of like check in and be like, all right, I can kind of ignore that game. I'll catch up on it later in the week, but uh, these two teams are irrelevant and we're reaching that point of the season where there's some of these games where we're like, eh, you know, maybe I'll get to it, but I don't need to be. I'm not going to be spending a lot of time uh, on that game, but I do think there's going to be a lot of talk about the quarterbacks who play this weekend and the state of quarterback play. In the NFL on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know if you if you want to respond, you can. Yeah, I don't. No, that, know. that
0: that's generally an excellent take. I like that a lot because <laughs> I also I see those storm clouds gathering on the horizon. I'm very excited <laughs> for it. Listen, this is the cost. You thought you thought you were having a great time with your rookie contract quarterbacks? Like, oh, what a competitive window. Like you, you like all the, the, the super teams that have been built around Mahomes and Allen in their heyday and Joe Burrow now and Brock Purdy. Like the, the Niners are signing everybody under the sun, dude. Chase Young is a 49er. They have all this money. Why? Because Brock Purdy hit as a UDFA. Like if you find a rookie contract quarterback, you are god among men. Like you have all the ability in the world. This is the cost. Teams are not going to roster Jacoby Brissett and Taylor Heineke when they can roster Clayton Toon and, and, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, Aiden O'Connell. Like this, the, you'll like what you got at the top. This is the bottom. This, this, this is the kicker. These are the consequences of the action. And so you have to, this is why like a middle class of quarterback and, and, and backup quarterback contracts are so important. It's because you need uh you, you want to have more consistent quarterback play at QB2 than this. But teams are trying to find that gold mine, and trying to find that gold mine, Clayton Toon. Clayton Tune happens, and Clayton Tune is not going to be a pleasant experience. More on that later.
2: There you go. All right. Let's get to the contest. Benny Souls, do you have the spreadsheet on I your do, computer? I do. Yes. Right?
0: Uh, Give us the update. Week seven, donuts. All right. Eggs, zero, zero. It was tough. We promised we would come back. Why we are we talking
2: we were- about that? We're not talking about We week promised seven we, we
0: would recover. One of us did, the other one also <laughs> kind of participated uh five point week for me Sheil, <laughs> two point week for you i have a three point uh, lead on you now you had the under on passing yards for russell wilson which you took in an expectation that the chiefs would control that game handily you still got
2: home well done i did not i took that in the expectation that russell wilson doesn't throw, they will not let him throw the way through for 93 yards against them the first time that's all don't change changing you? my justifications i got the prop right
0: you also took Chiefs minus seven and a half, so I just assume.
2: Uh, 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 uh. Okay, move on.
0: Yep. Uh <laughs> and you also won Bengals on the road plus four and a half. I think expecting <laughs> Sam Darnold to play in that game. God Brock still worked out well. Uh for me, uh over three one and a half receiving yards and Logan Thomas one. Uh, Dolphins at home minus nine and a half against the Patriots one. And then long shot of the week. Chargers swim by at least two scores against the Bears. Really felt like a backdoor cover was coming that entire way. Was absolutely terrified by the Chargers giving that one up. But three points on the on the alt spread there, fading Tyson Bajant. You will notice that fading very inexperienced, very low-drafted rookie quarterbacks will be a continuing theme of our episode Ooh. today. Uh, the official score is now 25-22 to 22 on the season. Our goal is to be against the spread over 56%. I'm at 54%. You are at 46%, Mr. Kapania. And we are all together at 49%. So we've been below on average the last two weeks. We were above for most of the beginning of the season. Right now we've been below the last two weeks, but we will pick that back up so long as Shield starts carrying his weight.
2: Okay, listen. The way Solak spun that, you would think he has like a fifty-point lead. He's up by three (laughs) points through eight weeks, and those three points were all because he hit one long shot last week. So let's settle down. Uh, Some of the other you and I both only hit one long last week.
0: I just had a long shot. Yeah.
2: Solak on props is at thirty-eight percent. I'm at sixty-three percent. Solak on long shots. 38%. 38%. I'm at 25%. And Solac on locks is 54%. I'm 46%, uh, according to this spreadsheet. So there you go. You got to hit the lo- The long shot is there. Ever- I said it. It's all about the money ball. We will get to that. But let's start with the props of the week. I'll tell you right now, uh, I've got one, two, three, three. Four, I've got four here that I don't know which one I'm going to choose. I am so in my own head this week. This week's good. I'll tell you, this is going to be a disaster. I would fade me this week. I'm going to be a disaster. Uh, fade me in everything I do. Cla- so classic She'll
0: move. Like I'll, like <laughs> Luke, record it in the spreadsheet. She'll predicts the entire week is his worst week of the season. Six I points incoming. So. In no
2: question. I think I could get a zero this week. All right, go ahead. Start us with your prop.
0: Prop of the week. Uh, Travis Kelsey under 78 and a half receiving yards. The Taylor Swift oh. fade. For Shiel Capadia, oh. yes, a classic. This <laughs> hit for Shiel earlier in the year. I'm back to the well. Uh, Travis Kelsey against a Vic Fangio defense. We have six games of data. When I mean, Vic Fangio was the head coach and defensive coordinator in Denver, he was under this number in four of six games on the season. He has only been over this number twice in seven games. Uh Kelsey's at his lowest A-dot of his career. And there was a a wonderful piece written in The Athletic this week uh, uh, about uh, Kelsey and kind of how he's succeeding as tight end one. And and, and he was very honest in and basically made the point of like, hey, I don't really move like I used to, right? A lot of this is now mind game stuff. A lot of this is now option route and sitting down in zones underneath. He's at one of the highest target shares of his career. He gets a lot of volume in this offense where they don't really have a lot of wide receivers that are emerging, but he doesn't really get it down the field. He doesn't necessarily run after the catch. Jalen Ramsey, uh, uh, back for the Miami Dolphins. Javon Holland, back for the Miami Dolphins. These are the players that will be uh, uh, available to line up against Travis Kelsey. Very valuable players. Ramsey, uh, historically been quite good against Kelsey. You can only be so good, but historically it's been quite good against Kelsey. Holland, an excellent cover man. They have the bodies in place. Uh, when you, when you go and you look at how Mahomes has typically fared against this Vic Fangio defense, there's been less underneath throwing, and he's actually had success being a little bit more aggressive and throwing the ball down the field. That's just not Kelsey's role, given his current athletic ability in this offense. Uh, I think you'll see a decently high-volume game for Kelsey against the Dolphins uh, in Germany, but I don't think you're going to see enough downfield passes for him to get to this number. If we enter shootout mode, I'm worried, but I also think you'll see Andy Reid and the, and the Chiefs deploy not a similar game plan to the eagles but see the wisdom in what the eagles did and really trying to limit the number of drives that the dolphins get and so again that could be short passes and high volume maybe kelsey gets there on like 11 catches but if i lose 78 and a half yards on on that high of a volume i lose it uh, like you know that, that that's something you have to live with i think you're going to see them run the football i think you're going to see them try to sit on the ball not that many explosives i don't think kelsey can get above this number i'm taking under 78 and a half
2: how do you feel about having some, having juice on something so early in the day? Like I'm, I'll get to my long shot, but I had a long shot in that game that I kind of liked, but I'm like, Sheila, you're going to lose that. It's going to be one o'clock Eastern time. And you're already going to be miserable just from like a life standpoint. You know, my relationship with my family, like I, I didn't want to be you know, I didn't want that to happen. So yeah, yeah. we're getting deep here. You know,
0: I don't I, be- my relationship so I was. I was like, family. I'm
2: not doing the long shot.
0: Firstly, <laughs> when you, when, when you have it, a- as many bets down as I will have, you ride the highs. You gotta ride the highs and lows, right? You're always gonna have a couple of losses that are undignified and unfair, unreasonable. Never forget that Juwan Jannings ran 33 routes against the Bengals and caught no passes, cardio king. Uh, but I'll be in church. I won't see the vast majority of this game, Dolphins Chiefs, uh, and so I will get out of church around like 11:30. Uh, I'll open the phone. It'll be like halfway through the fourth, probably. And I'll toggle on over, see what Kelsey's receiving line is. And if it's 130, I'll go, all right, I deserve to lose. And if it's 35, I'll go, all right, I deserve to win. And I won't have any other data besides that. And it'll just be, that'll that'll be a data point in my day. And then we we'll go get bagels, get home, get ready for the one o'clock slate.
2: There you go. All right. So I said, I'm debating between a few here. I think I'm debating between two. I'm debating between Sam Howell under 248.5 passing yards against the New England Patriots. Or... Do I go back to the well and go Adam Thielen over 66 and a half receiving yards? Panthers take on the Colts. So here's the reasoning between the two here. Uh, Sam Howell, if he played the Eagles every week, he would be a Hall of Famer. He would be an All-Pro, and the Commanders would probably uh, be Super Bowl favorites right now. That does not happen. He has not looked as good in those other games. You have inexperienced quarterback going to Foxborough against a Belichick coach defense. Uh, That's generally a spot I would like for New England. Adam Thielen. Uh, the guy continues to just be a target monster for the Carolina Panthers. They're going up against a Colts defense that allowed over 500 yards to the New Orleans Saints last week. Now, a lot of that was Rashid Shaheed, uh and bombs downfield. So I understand the Panthers and Thielen, uh, they're not that type of offense. But over 66 and a half, I think he's had this like five or six games uh, in a row here. They just throw the ball to him so often so yeah which what do you think Ben do you like either of those are you going to sway me or are you going to do a little game theory and tell me one you like that you don't actually like so that I pick it and then you open up a bigger lead what's your what's your mindset on those two
0: I am I took the the Adam Thielen line yesterday I, I've, I've been on Adam Thielen over this week mm-hmm. uh I have a, 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 my long shots in this game. I'll, I'll talk about it when I get there. I expect the Panthers to be in a, a in a negative game script for most of the game. I expect them to be behind most of the game. I also think that they know that this is where you can get after the Colts. Uh, their running game situation, like even with the change from Miles Sanders to Chuba Hubbard, not necessarily a unit that's got a lot of teeth to it. I think they not only know they have to throw the football against this chief, this this Colts team, who's the colts corner situation is, is really bleak right now but they also are going to know they have to throw it quick uh so you have feeling on the receiving yards over i have his receptions over uh, i think that you're gonna see, see i couldn't
2: that that didn't fit our uh that w- that wasn't minus 130 or better on yep. Fanduel as of this so I, I wanted to take the receptions over the yards but i couldn't do that for the rules of the bet yep.
0: i think you'll still be good on the yards uh, i like receptions a little bit better just for the game that i project but feeling it's such a high volume guy at this point that barring like in-game injury, he's going to get an- enough expected targets that you expect him to be around this number. And like I said, because of negative game script, because of the Colts outside corner situation, I like the bet. So I'm I'm there. The Howell under is tricky to me. Uh, this guy gets to drop back so much and throws to such talented receivers that like he's a hard fade for me. Uh, I do think the Patriots are going to be successful sacking him. But then I also think you're going to hit second and 18 and that's a drop back. And then you start to worry about that passing under. I prefer Thielen. Oh, baby, I'm looking at these. I got to decide right now. Jill, Jill you're like 63% no. of your own props. You're fine. Listen, this is the one you're listen. okay on.
2: If I, if I go with Thielen and it loses, I can blame Solak. If I go with Hal and it loses, I Solak can say, I told you you should have gone with Thielen. So based on that, all right, Adam Thielen over 66 and a half receiving yards. There we go. All right next up. Actually, let's take a break. Then we'll get to the long shot. Then we'll get to the money ball uh, when we come back.
1: This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: All right, we are back on. Extra point taken. I'll be honest, I don't, again, I have no confidence. I don't like my picks this week. My long shot. I kind of like my long shot. I will be honest there. I think I got a good long shot this week. You start us off and then I'll get to mine. This is worth three points, of course, for those uh, just new listeners. The prop of the week and the locks of the week are each worth one. You have available four points there. And then a long shot of the week has to be plus 150 or higher. That's worth three points. You can get a total of seven points in any given week.
0: Yeah. All right. Are you ready to not judge me? Oh, baby. What do we got? I'm so excited. All right. So the way FanDuel does parlays is good, right? Uh, <laughs> parlay calculations are pretty straight. When they do same-game parlays, the calculations change a little bit, right? If you use a parlay calculator and you just put in the odds for all of your parlays, for, for each leg of your parlay, you're not going to get the same numbers FanDuel gives you on the same-game parlay because same-game parlays stuff is correlated, right? If you take Patrick Mahomes over passing yards... Travis Kelsey over receiving yards is implied more likely by your bets. Those are correlated bets, right? Accordingly, if you take negatively correlated bets, two things that shouldn't happen at the same time, the odds get jacked up a little bit more because the the, the logic on FanDuel, the, the calculator, the computer is saying, this guy's taking two things that don't overlap very often. We're going to give him favorable juice. Accordingly, Zach Moss <laughs> to rush for at least 40 yards what and Jonathan there, Taylor rush for at least 50 yards. <laughs> So both Colts Mm -hmm. backs, Zach Taylor, 40 plus, Jonathan Taylor, 50 plus on a regular parlay would be plus 134 on a same game parlay because it's negatively correlated is 154. And that's my long shot of the week. Since Jonathan Taylor came back. The carry split between the two has been pretty even. Uh, three weeks ago against the Jaguars, you had seven carries for Jonathan Taylor, eight for Zach Moss in what was largely negative game script the whole way. I don't think you're going to see that against the Panthers. Uh, the following week, they were playing the Browns, 18 carries for Jonathan Taylor, 18 for Zach Moss. And then this past week against the Saints, 12 carries for Jonathan Taylor, 11 for Zach Moss. Uh, they spoke a little bit, Taylor, Moss, and Steichen, about the the tandem this week. And everybody's very pro-tandem. Everybody's like, this is working. Like we're, We feel good. It's keeping our Taylor uh, uh, carries low. We like that. Zach Moss got asked a great question. He was like, what's the difference between you guys? Like, kind of how do you guys get used? And Zach goes, well, he's way faster than me. Like, he just says it. Like, a classic veteran line. Like, he's done with the whole, like, rookie nonsense. I'm getting better. It's like, well, Taylor's way faster than I am. Let's start there. Um, So they have a little bit of a thunder and lightning thing going. But the volume is there for both of them to be able to uh, achieve this number so long as they're averaging a solid yards per carry. The worst rush defense in the league by success rate is the the Carolina Panthers, remarkably right the Panthers are at 51 percent defensive success rate against the run the Cardinals are at 54 percent the Bucks are at 57 percent the the Panthers at 32 are six percentage points worse than 30 they are really 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 bad against the run and Shane Steichen is an extremely creative run designer he uh he's created explosives for Zach Moss he's created untouched runs for Zach Moss he has the ability to get uh uh, to give these guys very favorable looks even against this Panthers defense like a five down fronts like we enough bodies in the box this is not a good run defense, and I expect the uh, the 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 Colts have a lot of success. Live in a positive game script to be able to whittle this away. So I like Zach Moss to have over forty yards, and Jonathan Taylor to have over fifty yards in the same game. Plus one fifty-four.
2: Taylor over fifty, Zach Moss over forty. All right,
0: there you go. So little, a little parlay is. education for the people. Well, yeah, negatively correlated, baby.
2: Mine mine is much uh, simpler for the people. Dalton Kincaid fifty plus receiving yards in the Bengals-Bills game. Dalton Kincaid has come on strong the last two weeks. Great. Josh Allen when targeting. Dalton Kincaid is 13 for 15 for 140 yards. Now, at first, I thought, well, the Bengals have very good linebackers. Are you, am I sure I want to do this? But I looked at some numbers. They have given up the sixth most receiving yards to tight ends this season. In terms of DVOA against tight ends, they are 29th, I think that Bengals offense under Captain Lou has been a little bit more uh, opportunistic than a shutdown defense. They are actually very low, uh, in defensive success rate in yards allowed, all those things. So they've made plays when they had to, we know they can come up with wrinkles and game specific, uh, stuff to kind of slow down the opponent, but overall they have been far from a shutdown defense. So Josh Allen, you figure he's dealing with the shoulder injury. Maybe they got to be a little bit more methodical, get the ball out uh, a little bit quicker. That's where a tight end, like Dalton can came by the way, not just the numbers. I I feel like he's looked fantastic specifically, uh, Last week he made some very nice catches uh in that Thursday night game. So if the last couple games are any indication, Dawson knocks out. Kincaid's a bigger part uh of the offense. He's gonna get those targets. Like I said, uh 15 targets over the last two games. And uh that's my pick. Now I, I thought about making him my prop. I think it's like 36 or something. Yeah, it's 36 but and a half I'm right now. Like, Just it go for it it.
0: 33 and a half. And guess what, shield I'm on that too you're on that yeah All right. so I'm a, I'm this is what happens to me every week
2: yeah i i look at the props and then i go wait i really like this one maybe i should just make it my long shot probably not the best way to do it but you know what that's my process uh i had another one which i'll, I'll listen get to i later passed on
0: chargers minus eight and a half against the bears to take them long shots i was like <laughs> i don't want to double dip like that feels scurrilous i just need to start believing in the takes man i need to stop feeling <laughs> i gotta diversify the portfolio <laughs> so
2: I, I thought about one for the uh, Germany game, but then it was just like I said, I'm like, I don't want to have mm-hmm. already lost my long shot by the time I'm eating lunch uh, on Sunday. So I didn't uh, do that. I'll get to that one uh, a little bit later here because it might be one of my locks of the week. All right. Nonsense prediction. Benny Souls. what do you got? Jill,
0: are you locking a Germany game? Haven't we talked about the we ta- we've, so. we have talked about the abroad games
2: <laughs> as you would say that's living right there
0: yeah. we're living man here we go all right my <laughs> anything but the game prediction is that uh, we're going to get some sort of German like the- like there's going to be an event at the at the at the Germany game like there obviously is going to be I have like a few potential options thinking like one. Okay. We might get some sort of like fan streaker event. I feel like this is a prime for like okay. someone jumps on the field. Maybe it's like there's a protest for some sort of a, a political world interest. Maybe there's a, a, a just like a massive Bundesliga fan. that's like, you know, go insert Bundesliga team here that I definitely know. Um, so we get one of those. I think I, this could be a great game. Dolphins Chiefs. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I wouldn't like we might get some sort of of, of play, right? Like the Frankfurt freak out like i don't know you know what it's like the Deutsche bank stadium i was trying to come up with like a <laughs> Deutsche bank uh a name you know it's so like you know just like the 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 double deutsch instead of the double doink okay. or something like i like that or whatever i think we're like this is the first game the league is playing in germany and like i i i've had some friends be like why germany and i realized that like because they don't like live in the, in the world we live in they might not know this but like germans love NFL. Like I don't know about you. Like we love the international listeners here. We have such a good time with them. I feel like the number one place I get like international fan interest is Brazil, but a close second is Germany. <laughs> I feel like the German fans go wild, dude. Like I, I think in terms of, like European countries, I feel like like comfortably the, the 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 fans that I hear from the most are are, are German fans. So I think this is going to be uproarious fun. Like I I expect a really. Really, really good turnout, fan-wise, and accordingly, I, I, I feel the universe converging to give us a good event. Like, I think, I think we won't remember this as the Germany game. We'll remember this as like the oh, the the right. I I like double Deutsch. I think that's good. I like double. I like double double Deutsch. Deutsch. That's fun to say. Some sort of double 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 Deutsch game. Uh, I think we're going to get something that 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 typifies and that that codifies this game here uh, as an important one in, in league history and in season history. So I'm very much looking forward to the silliness around this Germany game.
2: Maybe a double pass that we call a double Deutsch game double winner Deutsch. or something. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah. is a double doink? Would that be a double Deutsch? I don't know. Maybe it
0: could be. I, I just feel like you got you got to shoehorn Deutsch in there somewhere. I worked a yeah, lot. That's on, fun to say. I worked a lot on Frankfurt puns, and by a lot, I mean like five minutes, and I could have yeah, come up with anything tell. good. But hopefully, it'll naturally appear. There's no one on the teams named Frank. Frank Clark's mm. gone. The OC for the mm. Dolphins is Frank Smith, but no one's gonna name anything after him.
2: Yeah, I think that, that that's probably unlikely that there's something yep. Okay, Listeners, does. Friday,
0: hit up Ben, at me on Twitter with a good expected German-related pun for a potential event in this game. Please and thank you.
2: I would... I would also like to get a little data. I wonder if the international listeners to uh, extra point taken, like what, what the uh, ranking is other than anecdotally. I mean, I feel like you're shortchanging the UK there a little bit. I mean, I feel like every other email is from the uh, UK. So don't worry, UK. I I am I am uh, I'm here for you. I'll stand up for you. But yeah, I don't know. You say Brazil and then Germany. I say UK. Who knows? There could be uh, other ones as well. All right. My nonsense prediction. There will be a wild raiders celebration ig live video yeah where, where they're just killing josh McDaniels. So some players is just maybe it's a bunch of them maybe it's one of them maybe they're freestyle i don't know what they're going to be doing but it is not going to be favorable to josh mcdaniel's the raiders despite firing their head coach their gm Their OC and starting a rookie quarterback, Ben, are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the New York Giants, and I'm already regretting taking the Giants in my column. If I could have one back, I would want to take the Raiders because on Thursday, the reporters who covered the Raiders were in the locker room. Uh, Vic Tafer, who's, who's covered the Raiders for a very long time, tweeted out that it was the happiest locker room ever. I saw a video of Devontae Adams playing Nerf basketball. He looked like a weight had been lifted off of his shoulders. Hunter Renfro said, quote, we're not walking on eggshells everywhere. I do believe in the sort of new coach bump when the coach you got rid of is somebody who it seems like the players did not enjoy, uh, playing for. So I did a bad job here in my column, taking the giants plus one and a half. Uh, I think the Raiders obviously have a good shot to win this game, uh, with Antonio Pierce. And I do think if they win this game, uh, they're going to have quite the celebration in the locker room and someone's going to be on IG live posting a video, that everyone is talking about uh sunday night or monday morning so there you go
0: yeah the uh who do you think's happier that josh mcdaniels is fired you or the raiders locker room i think it's close I think it's tight. It's not
2: me. <laughs> Josh McDaniels was very good for content for me uh, over the years. You know, so I don't want, I I like when the Joe Judges and the Josh McDaniels and the Matt Patricias are in my life. I mean, yeah, it's so back. easy on, on Monday, extra point taken. All right. Well, oh, I need to rip this guy. I need to rip this guy. And I need to rip this guy. Oh, See, this guy's uh, a fraud. Oh, this guy had this wild PR campaign that he was a changed man and he can relate to players now. And oh, he Bill Belichick agreed to give him all this stuff. Secrets. No, no, no. Now you you saw what happened. It it was predictable. Sorry, you got me wrong. If there are any
0: listeners left who are, (laughs) I have not yet convinced that Shield's just a secret bully. That right there. Just uh, I like when there's easy fresh meat. That's Our not a bully. System. Yes, yeah.
2: these uh, are uh, men in power. I'm <laughs> bringing them down, baby. It's a revolution. That, yeah, men no, I'm power. not going after the weak. These are these are arrogant arrogant men making millions of dollars who got jobs that they shouldn't have gotten, and they're not good at them.
0: And my job is to make fun of them. That I don't have. That's not bullying. You could have been talking about Josh McDaniels right there. You also could have been talking about Arthur Smith right there. That's a pretty apt Arthur Smith description for today's day Oh and
2: age. Well 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 listen, Arthur Smith had himself a week. We don't need to get into that. Holy now smokes. unless he's one of your unless he's one of your locks of the week. Your boy, Arthur Smith. People did enjoy that. Your boy, Arthur Smith. All right. Locks of the week. So like, what do you got? not a bully. I resent that.
0: All right. Like I said, great week for uh, fading the new young starters. Uh, My first lock of the week is Browns minus eight and a half against the Cardinals. Shield, did you watch any Clayton Toon coming up? You're watching Houston. Any Houston Cougars film to get it on? I did not. No. Clayton Toon against the Jim Schwartz defense is malpractice. (laughs) This is not fair to the young man. This is this is this is <laughs> thoroughly unacceptable behavior. You and I asked on the Monday show. We were like, "This Clayton Tune, like the Josh Dobbs thing. What a surprise! This is crazy." Well, it turns out that they went and sent Josh Dobbs to the Vikings, and uh, Dobbs is potentially going to play for them at some point down the road. Not this week. More on that in a second. Um, but Clayton Toon is, 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 is going to start for the Cardinals. Dobbs has been doing actually a pretty nice job for that offense. I think they'll still do creative stuff, and they're still going to run Toon. But this is just such a difficult defense to go up against for your first start, even if like all right, you kind of know what they're doing. like They're not going to like fool you or, or, or confuse you. The rush is so intense, and, and the coverage is so tight. I think the Cardinals are just going to really, really, really struggle to move the football. And then as we've talked about, this is like a bottom five defensive unit. Uh, P.J. Walker potentially starting in this game set to Deshaun Watson, who... Can't, oh, still can't throw. shocks so tough. I don't know. I don't care. Browns minus eight and a half.
2: Ben, that is my fate That is so telling, and I don't disagree with you, but how telling is it that you, we are recording this on Friday morning. We do not know, as of this recording, who is starting at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, whether it's Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker. They're favored by eight and a half points, and you don't care nope. because you're like, it doesn't, yeah, it does I mean, The Watson thing. He practiced. He said he doesn't know if he's going to start. We don't know if he now. Now, do you have a preference? Do you feel like if I could tell you right now, like, would you be more confident if Deshaun Watson started, or are you like, I'll just roll with with PJ Walker?
0: I want. want, Is that
2: a crazy question? I don't know.
0: The last time I saw Deshaun play, he wasn't functional. He almost gave the game to the Colts. I want PJ until Deshaun's actually like healthy. Now. Again, like I like you know, I waved at the Deshaun injury, like oh, who knows? Can't throw. If he legitimately can't throw, then he legitimately can't throw. He should have been put on the IR because that was four weeks ago, and you could have yeah. not had the guy like practicing and trying and going into a game and getting hit. I don't understand how this injury has been managed at all. But if he's still not able to drive the football, then I'd rather have PJ. This is the Cardinals. Run the football. Throw a screen. Score seven points. Like ah, we're good. Like you don't need. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Uh, I did. Tweet during the trade deadline, I was like, I wonder what the Browns record would be if they still had Josh Dobbs. And Browns fans were pissed about that, which I get it. I was mostly just just stirring up trouble. Uh, (laughs) But in general, you don't necessarily need to have elite quarterback play right now in the way this offense works. Running game is still working. Defense is still working. Just beat up on the rookie quarterback. Get your short field score. Your defensive touchdowns. Win this thing by eight and a half.
2: I like it. I picked the the Browns uh, in my column. Let's see. We have the tab on here. That is is when Solak picks a has a lock of the week from Shield's weekly picks column. Sixty two and a half percent. That might that's one of our our highest uh percentages here, Ben. When I you should be reading your column
0: more uh, beforehand, no, but I don't I don't, no, no, I don't you want to read it pay. beforehand. Cause I don't no, I you unlike you, pay. I don't try to prepare for your arguments. I just try to like come in with, <laughs> with my opinions. I know you, you, you do I a mean, lot of prep in the background.
2: I feel like there's a lot of jabs here. I Solak's gonna get off this. He's gonna be I don't know what text threads he's on. His wife's like, stop complaining about Sheol. I don't care. You do a podcast for a living. Relax. I don't, we'll go get it. Listen, it's week nine. It was bound to happen. It was a lot of time together. Uh When we select the same locks of the week, it's only happened three times. We're 67%. Uh, You shouldn't read my column, but you should make your picks, and then I should point out if I have the same side in my column because then it's uh, 62.5%. So, yes, I like that side as well. All right, listen, you told me not to go international. Sometimes a man can't help himself. The temptation is just too great with the Kansas City Chiefs minus one and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Give me the Chiefs in this spot. I like them. Listen, Dolphins, six wins have come against the Chargers, the Patriots twice, the Broncos, the Giants, and the Panthers. Those teams are combined 13 and 33 on the season. They've had two games against the big boys. Uh, The Bills uh, lost by 28 to the Bills, lost by two touchdowns to the Eagles. I still think the Dolphins are very good. This is not a, hey, Dolphins are frauds. They haven't beaten anybody argument. This is a, when the Dolphins have kind of gotten to that next level of opponent, they haven't performed as well. The Chiefs coming off a loss. Are the Chiefs really going to lose back-to-back games with Patrick Mahomes? Probably, and I'll probably be angry about it at about uh, 12.30 Eastern time on Sunday. But typically in this spot, Patrick Mahomes has been very good per the Action Network. When Mahomes is favored by less than three or an underdog, he is 19-6-1 against the spread. So there you go. This is a a one-and-a-half point line. I made the argument earlier this week that... Uh, I do have concerns about the Chiefs offense, but I was also very clear that the Chiefs offense is very good. The Chiefs offense is just nowhere near as good as previous Chiefs offenses have been. So uh, I am a little worried here. The Dolphins' overall defensive metrics are not good. If you watch the Dolphins the last two weeks, that to me looks like a team, uh, a unit on the rise. I actually think they're figuring some things out defensively. They're getting healthier on that side of the ball. So uh, I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. I did consider Ben for my long shot of the week Chiefs adjusted, I think it was minus four and a half or minus five and a half. Could they win by six points and get me to that plus 150? But like I said, I didn't want to lose my long shot before I've even had lunch. So I decided uh, not to do that. But I do like the Chiefs quite a bit in this spot. Uh, I think they can create some turnovers on defense. Uh, I think they can be efficient on offense. uh, And I generally like Mahomes in a spot like this. So there you go. I've got the Chiefs. All right. What's next for you? The look of disappointment on your well, face. Well,
0: we haven't really talked about the Chiefs Dolphins game. This is one of the market game we haven't gotten to. Okay, let's um, get to it. Yeah, I, I brought a huge Sean McDermott test against the Bengals. Incredible, incredible! Tua Mike McDaniel versus Steve Spagnuolo opportunity right here. This shot is critical. Uh, the Tua Mike McDaniel offense is a we do what we want independent of what you do offense. Like, oh, your schemes, your system. Like, we just run the same plays. We throw to space. Like, we have our stuff and it works. The Steve Spagnuolo defense is a hey, I don't care what you do, this is what I do, right? Yeah. I'm a dictate defense, right? I blitz, I come after you, I, I change my coverages. This is a a a uh, very unique, not very unique. This is a unique defense in the league. There, uh, like a lot of the guys who tried to run it this way, like don't like like Bowles, like like Bowles doesn't even really do the same stuff that he used to do. Spags is still doing it. This matchup is really important, like. I can see the Dolphins having a game like that against the Eagles. The score no, like, you know, just like they cannot get the offense working. I can see them having a game like that against the Broncos where like everything works because this is like chaos against chaos. There's a lot of jagged edges bumping into each other here. Something's got to give. Uh, I'm I'm staying away from this spread because of Germany. I'm staying away from this spread because I don't know how this offense matches <laughs> up against this Germany. defense. <laughs> uh, Shield. We haven't <laughs> I, seen just, teams but, play in Germany. Don't, we don't know what's going to go on. <laughs>
2: That's why you got the edge. There's no data. You know, you can game the system. That's the opposite
0: of an edge. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. It, I, I, I would love to feel like I knew something about that to feel good about it. I personally lean Dolphins in, in, in this matchup on a neutral field. Uh, but for me, like the Germany, I'm not going to touch it. But that when the Dolphins have the ball, it it if the Chiefs defense can answer and can control what the Dolphins do, then the entire back half of the season for the Dolphins is saying, okay, like we need to figure out how to have better answers against the playoff defenses we expect to see. And if the chiefs defense, which has been so good this season struggles against the Dolphins offense, it's massive because they've been so good at, at, at uh, punching above their weight with their personnel that they run into like a Tyreek Hill, which Tyreek Hill revenge game, man, Tyreek's going for 300 yards. Uh, if they run a Tyreek Hill. They can't stop him. They have to come up with answers because they don't have like a, corner one just sitting hiding somewhere, right? Like Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie. Like these guys play in the slot. Like they don't have like a matchup with Tyree Kill play one on one. I'm um I'm very interested to see that side of the ball.
2: Yeah, I think the panic will be greater for the Chiefs, if they lose this game, I think if the Chiefs lose this game and their offense specifically yeah. doesn't look good, then I think the panic levels are higher for the adult, like if the Dolphins, now if the Dolphins get blown out, then I'm with you, then they will be, oh my God, the Dolphins yeah. are frauds, they beat up on bed. If the Dolphins lose by, you know, a touchdown or less, then I think it can be like, all right, it happens. It's, it's I think the, the Chiefs, Dolphins but, uh, do
0: know that they need a, um, they need a win against a playoff team. And I think this is a good opportunity for them to do it. I think they do match up nicely. Like I said, I think this is going to be an absolutely enormous Tyreek Hill game. I was initially looking for Tyreek Hill long shot stuff. Plus 110 yards was going to be the thing necessarily get to long shot. And I was like, Ah, I don't know if I can. (laughs) Plus 110 is a lot. (laughs) I don't know if I feel good about that. Last time I did this, it did not work. Um, But I think it's going to be a big Tyreek Hill game.
2: I looked at A.J. Brown, 100 yards, is all, also fits our long shot. Um, odds He's for averaging
0: 133 in the last five I'm games. Like, Should I just
2: take this? Yeah, it seems a little easy. What's going on here? All right, what's your next lock of the week? What do you got? All
0: right. I was going to take whatever team was facing the Vikings, independent of what team it was, <laughs> because Jaren Hall is a rookie in his first start. <laughs> And the Vikings have a horrible (laughs) run offense, so they're not going to be able to stay ahead of the sticks. Justin Jefferson is hurt, and so he's going to have to be trying to make these tight window depth throws. Look at how well Kirk's played. Look at the degree of difficulty on Kirk's throws. Kirk's been timing routes into tiny windows to Brandon Powell to move the football. Kirk has been playing football on hard mode. And now the the Vikings, who just traded for Josh Dobbs, are not yet going to play Dobbs. They're going to play rookie Jaron Hall, who is their backup. It just so happens... (laughs) that the Vikings are playing a top 10 defense by success rate, the Atlanta Falcons, who have made a quarterback change this week from Desire to Taylor Heineke. Now, when you and I talked about the Falcons preseason, when we talked about them recently, one of the things that you would always bring up is Taylor Heineke is a very highly paid backup and is a very competent backup. And I have always agreed. That Heineke is one of the more confident backups in the league. We've seen Heineke in the situation multiple times in his career with in Washington, where mid-season he's tossed in there, you know, and an offense wasn't necessarily built for him or whatever, and he's been successful. He's got moxie, he's tough, he can escape from the pocket, he can create on the run. This is a, a wonderfully functional quarterback. We have evidence; we, we know that for sure. Like we didn't know what Ritter was going to be, we know that Heineke is a functional quarterback, and because of Ritter's fumbling problems. Heineke is probably better was gonna be better for the offense right now, at least in theory, because like, we saw the second half of the offense than Ritter was because he's gonna actually finish these freaking drives instead of ending with zero points and making Ben look bad. So accordingly, we were always gonna be fading the Vikings. And then we just happened to end up also being on the Falcons side for like the fourth week in a row. That's more coincidence. Uh Falcons minus three and a half. This opened at four and a half. It got up to five and a half. And then it's bopped down to three and a half with the Drake London news. London unlikely to play in this game. I'm not terribly worried about that. I think it's going to be a heavy heavy dose of running the football for the Falcons. Uh, Vikings, one of the worst run defenses in the league this season. Uh, So I'm not too worried about the London injury. Obviously, it sucks. But down to three and a half, I will still take it. Give me the Falcons against the spread.
2: Oh, this is, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me all week. The possibility that Jaron Hall could go into Atlanta and beat this fraud. Listen. Falcons. By the way, you poo-pooed my— I was making the argument in the offseason that are we sure Arthur Smith likes Desmond Ritter? They, where they took him, they took the a linebacker over him. They didn't play him last year when Mariota sucked, and then they go out and they sign Taylor Heineke to the big contract. I think you poo-pooed that argument. I think that argument has a lot of I- merit.
0: No, I, I poo poo the idea that he liked Ritter, <laughs> that he likes Heineke more than Ritter, that he doesn't like Ritter. It's very clear they like Ritter.
2: I think. Yeah, that, I don't think it's very clear when you look at what's happening. When here. we were
0: talking at the time, they did. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know games. if they
2: liked him. Maybe.
0: I, 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 you're giving him a shot. Why
2: You go out and sign Heineke because you're like, I'm not quite sure about Desmond Ritter. Let's go out and let's invest in him. I something think you, like you
0: go out and you sign Heineke because your quarterback costs you like 1.1 million dollars. And you don't know All if right. he's going to be a, a, a long-term starter. They like Ritter. They're, they like the Ritter. I think they still like Ritter. <laughs> I think they also just know that he's had seven turnovers in the last three games, including four or five have been in a, oh, enemy territory. And they need to win games to stay on top of the NFC South. Falcons are still winning the South. Good defense, good weapons are going to be fine.
2: Uh, Arthur Smith, since we last spoke, uh, yeah, still would not really... Treat anyone like a grown-up and explain why I, Taylor I Heineke started. I can't believe I
0: didn't keep the just-be-a-regular-person-on-the-podium tirade until after he stood up there and just said, oh, there's a lot of variables. Dude, it's football. There's four variables maybe. Like, come on.
2: These players are grown-ups. The fans are grown-ups. It's okay. It's so bad. Like, no... No one's going to, if you say, we just want Ritter to take a step back here, uh, we think he'll be better for this. We still believe in him, but we're just going to have him take a breather here and go with, guess what? Everybody can handle that. It's okay, but it's okay. We'll see what happens. Uh, I took the Vikings at plus four and a half in my column there. So we are on opposite sides. No surprise. Four point win, baby. Here we go.
0: Window it. we go.
2: All right. We'll see. Uh, I don't like. You're definitely on the other side of my next pick based on all your comments earlier here. I'm taking the Panthers as a home dog here. I initially had three favorites as my locks of the week. I go, shit, you can't have three favorites as your locks of the week. Take a dog here. I'm taking I, the Panthers. Plus, do you have three favorites? I usually do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I I would much prefer to have three dogs, but I couldn't. It's like I don't know who's starting a quarterback at any of these games. I'm like, I can't take any of these dogs. I don't even know who's playing. Uh, so the Panthers were one. I thought the Panthers defense last week against the Texans was their best performance yeah. of the season. Agreed. I mean, they were flying around. Frankie Louvu all over the place. Limiting C.J. Stroud to 140 yards. You and I have talked about like C.J. Stroud is lighting some teams up. Like that, that is not something to just sneeze at. So maybe there's still some hope for our boy uh, Ejiro Evero and that Panthers defense. I'm, they're not going to be as good as I thought they were going to be before the season. But I think they can be a lot better than what they've shown so far. So can they slow down that Colts offense? Maybe. Solak likes the, the Colts ground game there. Uh, he, he easily could be right about That, but, uh, I was just, it's probably recency bias, but I was encouraged by what I saw from Carolina's defense last week. Offensively, the Panthers have given up 37 points or more in three straight games. Uh, You alluded to it earlier. They have issues at corner and that is not uh, a great defense. So, um, the Panthers' offense last week, was that was not like a, ooh, the Panthers' offense has gotten right, you know, type of game. I mean, they they squeaked that out there at the end, 15-13. Bryce Young was still taking a lot of sacks in that game. They didn't look great. But I just feel like this is sort of a, a toss-up type of game. And I don't think the Colts are as bad as their 0-6 record to start the season showed. Uh, and I like them here as home dogs against the Indianapolis Colts. What could go wrong? All right.
0: A lot. <laughs> I uh, Colts have really, it's Colts a one been, in 16 Yeah. Colts have been really good on offense. and uh, not really good. Yes. Colts have been surprisingly solid on offense over the last few weeks. Um very excited for halfway point of the season and 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 doing a little check-in on where we're at because I can't wait to give a little Josh Downs hype. Really, really like Josh Downs coming out of UNC. He was a round one player for me. Has emerged as the most reliable receiver on this Colts team. Uh, Garner Minshew, huge fan of him. Minshew, a huge fan of Downs, Minshew is. Uh, Minshew's done a a really nice job holding it down. Again, like having an actual solid QB2. Like I said, running game-wise, offensive line-wise, they've stepped up, I think, a lot from the start of the season. This Colts offense... Like, Shane Steichen's got the goods, man. Every time we talk, we talk about Steichen, you always... Like, oh, the Eagles offense is this, Colts offense is that, but you just land on this point where you're like, this guy's consistently calling the right thing in the right spot. He's Short doing more is with good. less. He is a he's more so with less good,
2: coach. Yeah. he's And I didn't think he was going into the season. Yeah. Being uh, honest, I thought he was getting a little bit too much hype. I've been impressed with that team. I've been impressed with that offense, no doubt about it.
0: And I, get, you could see Steichen... You could see, uh, you could see this becoming a bit of a shootout because the defense is so banged up and is so bad. But, like, I don't know if I... Like Bryce Young in a shootout. Like I'm not even there yet on that on that passing game. So I'm personally on the Colts. Um, My third and my final one though goes off of uh, uh, that Panthers uh, uh, Texans game you're talking about. I like the Texans minus three at home uh, against the Buccaneers. Bucks pass offense. Excuse me. Bucks pass defense has really really struggled the last few weeks. uh, Not having nearly the success that we're used to seeing this this defense have. Uh, That Shroud performance. That Texans performance. That, that was a bad offensive performance for them. Great defensive performance by the Panthers. They were so close on a lot of stuff they They've been conversions taken back for penalties and they're getting down into the red zone and, and they're running the football too much. They need to go back to kind of think what was working for them which was just letting Stroud take the keys of this offense and go. That's the exact sort of approach that I think is going to work really well against Tampa Bay. I do think that Houston got surprised. It got jumped a little bit by Carolina. I think that was a, a young team loss, an embarrassing team loss. But you expect them to, to do a good job kind of rallying the wagon, circling the wagons, because D'Amico, Stroud, they have a lot of young energy on that team. They're going to they're gonna bounce back quickly. Uh, and, and this Buccaneers team is a good team to do it up against. They're at home. I think that uh, defensively as well, they have the the requisite pieces to get a lot of pressure on Baker, which is where he's, he's – he's, by the numbers, he's been solid against pressure this year. But when you watch Baker play, you can tell that when he gets heated up, uh, his, his internal clock speeds up a lot and he gets uncomfortable in the pocket and he makes uh, uh, inaccurate throws. John Grenard, uh, Jerry Hughes, Will Anderson, the rookie, still playing great ball. This is a good pass rush uh, in Houston. I like their ability to win this by by more than a field goal. So Texans minus three at home against the Bucks.
2: My last pick was between this game and another game. But for content's sake, I'm going to go with the other game. I Were you do on like the, Texans? the Texans here? Yeah, I like nice, the Texans okay. quite a bit here. The only thing that made me a little nervous was like our right, rookie quarterback against Todd Bowles and the, and the Bucs still have talent uh, on that defense, but I thought that Texans defense played really well last year. I mean, it's, it's Carolina who they make defenses uh, look good, but yeah, they were, I mean, they, they sacked Bryce Young, like I said, six times. The Panthers had 224 total yards. The Bucs haven't scored more than 18 points in mm-hmm. any of the last three games, so you don't need the Texans to put up like 30. If the Texans put up like 22 points, uh, they could easily cover this number at minus three. So uh, I like that pick and I like that spot for them. You know, Texans come off that loss last week, so maybe people yeah. are like, oh, maybe they're not that good. Uh, I, I think they are uh, a pretty good team and a well-coached team.
0: Uh, you brought up bowls for a rookie quarterback. Right now against the Blitz, CJ Stroud, eighth by EPA for dropback, seventh by success rate among all quarterbacks. Stroud's been shredding the Blitz. That Stroud, makes sense, it, yeah. He's so comfortable in the he's pocket. He's advanced. So, like, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Like I, I, I looked at Stroud props and Nico Collins props quite a bit uh and i didn't take either one personally or, or for the show um but i would not be surprised if we get a, a nice solid stroud performance where he he, he takes his bucks defense for a ride
2: all right my last one says i'm not going to take the texans i haven't done this i haven't taken the eagles uh this year so like i'm taking the eagles in the picks contest wow. minus three uh at home against the cowboys offensively it has not looked it has not been as easy as it, as it was last year but if you sit back and take a look they're they're top five top eight by pretty much every metric they're uh, better in EPA per drive this year than they were last year when again everything looked so easy AJ Brown has just been such a problem solver uh, for them Jalen Hurts has the knee injury and so I think what you saw in film last week was he is an athlete who is so attuned to like what his physical limitations are or like what he needs to do. And so he wasn't running around. He wasn't scrambling. It was like, all right, we're taking the check downs. We're running RPOs. We're getting the ball out of our hands. And I think that'll be, you know, a, a nice option here against this Cowboys team. Uh, you know, if the Cowboys commit extra resources to AJ Brown, you still got Devonte Smith. You still got Dallas Goddard. I mentioned it earlier. The Cowboys left tackle situation concerns me. I, I think Josh Sweat has been uh, fantastic for the Eagles this season. Josh Sweat could have a big game uh, Uh, Here, So I think it's close. I don't think the Eagles blow them out. I just trust them more. I trust them more uh, specifically at home in this spot. I think they're two very good teams, but I've got the Eagles something like 27, 23, covering that three-point number. There you go.
0: I, my heart wants to be with you. If I get a Cowboys plus three and a half line, I'm probably going to take the hook and, and take the Cowboys. I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. And obviously like when you go to, to, Talk about home field advantage and and how much does it matter in betting? Well, games in Philadelphia tend to ma- matter. Like, that tends to actually be a legitimate thing. Uh, altogether, I think that these teams are pretty evenly matched. Again, I think that the Cowboys have been playing really, really, really impressive ball down the stretch. I think the Cowboys know this is an important game for them to win. Uh, Dak Hurts is like a, a, a what should be like a budding rivalry. It should be like a, a key rivalry, huge rivalry. We didn't actually see these two play each other last year. Right, like yeah. we had Cooper Rush Hurts one game. to start the season. Then we had Minshew against Dak late in the season. Uh, I'm very excited to see these two quarterbacks face off. I think uh, I, I I go back and forth in this total. I really want to be over on 46 and a half. I'm worried the Eagles just sit on this ball so much, and then you get a McCarthy heavy run dose game, and all of a sudden just the time slips away from you. But I think we have we have a shot of seeing like a one score game that goes back and forth. Uh, and if, if so, getting plus three and a half, like getting the hook is just good business. I, I won't feel great about it, but it is so. I don't know. I'm nowhere on it yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm watching the line.
2: There you go. Minus three right now. All right, Solak, give us your recap. What do you got for the people this week?
0: Yep. Uh, Travis Kelsey under 78 and a half yards. Uh, We're going to get in the Colts game, both Zach Moss over 40 yards and Jonathan Taylor over 50 rushing yards for a long shot. And then locking Browns minus eight and a half uh, at home against the Cardinals. Falcons minus three and a half at home against the Vikings and Texans minus three at home against the Buccaneers.
2: You and I are going to be the only ones locked in Colts-Panthers.
0: Tiled <laughs> <someday>. in.
2: <laughs> Me and you are going to be tiled into that game. All right, I've got Adam Thielen over 66.5 receiving yards. I've got Dalton Kincaid as my long shot 50-plus receiving yards. Uh, and my locks, Chiefs minus 1.5 in Germany against the Dolphins. Panthers plus 2.5 at Indy and Eagles minus three at home against
0: the Cowboys do I feel good about them no but I need we'll see what happens. listeners hitting Sheila so
2: like so mad
0: at me look at hitting his face he's so 12, disappointed it's like on a Sunday <laughs> like Ben told you not to start your day with this this is not how you want to feel <laughs> usually you know he
2: makes jokes that like you know he's like like you're my nephew you're looking at me like you're my disappointed father you're like
0: what wow i told you a few weeks ago you're doing it again or back on the broad game i should say shame listen
2: all right there you go thank you to uh cliff augustine for producing thank you to eduardo ocampo for his video production remember follow Ringer NFL on all social media channels you can see videos you can you can see Ben's look at, of disappointment when I picked the Chiefs uh you know vi- a visual medium there uh, additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal next up Nora and Steven on Dual Threat Sunday and what a dual threat that's going to be recapping these awesome games hopefully on Sunday uh, all the week 9 action be sure to check that out and then Solak and I will be back Monday night. Jets Chargers, I mean, you're you're so lucky. You have the first take uh this week on that something's gonna happen in that game. I don't know what it's gonna be. Zach Something like Duels, Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Solak will be yelling at, into a microphone at eleven forty five Eastern time on Monday night as we talk about that game. So check that out. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week on Extra Pointing. Mm-hmm.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit chaosgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call one 877 8 hope or text HOPE-NY in New